Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. We have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its video podcast, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, I had my back turned to all of you. It filled up. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. I'm Reverend Gail Dillon. Good morning. You said good evening, good afternoon, because you're streaming, so who knows? Like she said, it could be today, could be tomorrow, could be sometime in the future. How about if you really loved yourself out loud? What would that look like? Not only what would it look like, what would it feel like if you truly embraced the truth of who you are. And the truth of who you are is God in form. So that's where we start. Because if God is only love, then how could you not love yourself if you're it in form? So Brene Brown says in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, a deep sense of love and belonging and it is an irreducible need of all people. We are biologically cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to love, to be loved, and to belong. When those needs are not met, we don't function as we were meant to. We break, we fall apart, we numb out, we ache, we hurt others, we get sick. How many have you have been there at some time in your life? I could raise both my hands. If I had more hands, I'd raise them too. Yeah, exactly. I'm raising my toes right now in case you didn't see them. And so it's about being brave enough to realize that you're lovable and therefore you can love others. Because I believe, because I spent a good portion of my life not thinking I was lovable, and yet expecting people to love me, and guess what? Didn't work. People didn't really love me. I attracted uh, people that were unkind. And there was a time in my life that I would point out to them and say it was their fault. And yet once I changed who I was, once I started to realize and really embrace this philosophy that we teach, because to me, it's really great that we all show up here on Sunday because that's community, right? It's really great that you sit there and you pay attention and you listen to what I have to say. You'll nod your head, you'll smile. But if you go home and scream at your partner or like I could say, kick your dog, you're not living this philosophy. You're falling into old habits. How many of you watch CBS Sunday morning? Or at least know what I'm talking about. 
It's a, it's a magazine program every Sunday morning in Washington. It's on at 7 o'clock in the morning, probably, probably the same time in Portland. And it, every week, Steve Hartman has a little segment, almost every week. He has a segment, and it's about humanity and how we really are kind to each other. You know, one of the ones I remember, not the short story I'm going to share today, but a short one was there was a deaf girl that lived in a small town. And when the town found out she'd been born deaf, they all, every single one of them, learned sign language so she could feel part of. That's who we are. And I think we forget that when we get caught up in the news or when we drive down the street and we see things that are offensive to us, that we forget that we're those people. And so the story I want to share is about a man who lived in Pennsylvania, and he had a uh, roofing business. Um, that, you know, he, he, he was a, a hobby, not a hobby, handyman. That was his business in this small town. And then he fell off a roof. And he decided he should probably do something that kept him closer to the ground. <laughs> so he became a school bus driver. And this was his retirement year. He says he has over 200 kids. None of them are biological. Every year, they'd show up for family reunions. All the kids would get together. And as they got older, they'd bring their kids. He married some of them because he became a pastor. He only had two rules to ride on his bus. You will love and respect everybody on this bus, or you don't ride. Think about that. What if every day we pretended? I can't walk out of my house today unless I'm going to love and respect everybody I meet, regardless if they're living in a tent or they're living in a mansion, whether they're shopping at Nordstrom's or shopping at Walmart. It doesn't matter. We are all here for a purpose, every single one of us. And I think we forget that. I forgot it recently. You know, when I found this philosophy, it cracked me wide open. I, you know, I, I, I told people at one time that if somebody had said, you know, all you have to do is take a penny and roll it with your nose back and forth, and um, you'll get better, I would have done it. I was hungry to change my life, and this was my answer. And then I became a practitioner, and we're always practitioners. In fact, Ernest Holmes would say we're all practitioners. But just because you become a minister, for me anyway, doesn't mean that I'm not a practitioner. I'm a practitioner first. I, I believe in my heart. I'm a practitioner first. So I became a practitioner, and then I got the calling, and I went to school, and I became a minister, and I started a center. And, um, and then we moved to Seattle, and, and life was really good. And then I got this call to be at the ocean in Long Beach, Washington. There's not a lot of new thought going on in Long Beach, Washington. <laughs> That's just honest. Not that there can't be. Wait till the end of the story. So kinda, I kind of felt that 
I was done with ministry. I don't know if the practitioners ever felt that way. <laughs> I think God just, just laughs out loud. It's like, oh, honey, get over yourself. <laughs> yeah, you can't be done with this, just so you know. As a practitioner or minister, if you ever feel that you are, you aren't. It's a calling. It's not a job. And so, but, you know, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll take Jack Canfield's training. I'll become a Canfield trainer. And then, I, you know, people that were in Canfield training were like, oh, I love this. It so changed my life. I still didn't get it. I became an ULA coach. If you've never read their book, it's fabulous. Now, here's the thing about ULA and Canfield. It's secular science of mind. That is all it is. They are teaching what we teach. They just aren't telling people, did you know you're God in form and that you can do whatever you want to do? Did you know that? So I did the training, and then one day I thought, and you know, it was after I spoke here on Father's Day, and I thought, God, I miss community. And if there's not a community in Long Beach, then guess who gets to start one? So starting on October 11th, which is a Wednesday, I'm gonna start a Wednesday night gathering and, um, and I'm excited about it, and people are excited about it. Why did I do that? Because what I realized when people talked about how much they loved Jack Canfield, how much his teaching changed their life, or how much they loved the ULA guys and how, the, how ULA changed their life, I would sit there and think, eh, it didn't change my life. Science of mind changed my life. Religious science changed my life. Centers for Spiritual Living, whatever we want to call ourselves. This changed my life. This did. And to really grab hold of that and, and talk about it and share that with people without worrying about what they think. Because here's the truth. Every single one of us that isn't living our life's purpose, we aren't doing it because we're afraid of what people will think or we're not doing it because we're afraid. We're just afraid. Is there anybody out there right now that thinks, ooh, I wouldn't mind being a practitioner or a minister? I dare you to raise your hand, because I know there's somebody. There's always somebody. <laughs> okay, I see a hand moving, not waving, but he's going like this. There's always somebody, and all I can say to you is if you have that call, you can ignore it for the rest of your life. And if you ignore it, I promise you, you will not be living to your full potential. And so then what happens is happiness is just right about there all the time in your life. Just almost, you can almost touch it. Sometimes they're really great, but it's just you're not living it. And if you're not living it, you can't experience it. Now, are we all supposed to be Licensed practitioners and ministers, heck no, it'd get very crowded up here, <laughs> wouldn't it? It would get very crowded up here, so no. However, there are ways we can all serve. There are things we can all do. We can sing, we can play drums, we can play guitar, we can play keyboard, we can dance. Whether we do it professionally or just do it for fun. There is a way to live your life out loud. 
And when you live your life out loud is when you truly love yourself. And I'll be honest, I'm still learning that. Because I still have my mother up in my head saying, that's not very ladylike. <laughs> You're really too loud. You shouldn't wear that out in public. Right? Anybody else got that person in their head? Probably her name's not Gert. That was my mom's name. Whether it was a male or a female, whether it was your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your teacher, whoever it was, remember. Whatever they're saying, it's a projection of their belief. It's not the truth of who you are. It has nothing to do with who you are. A lot of it, especially with parents, all they're trying to do is protect us. You know, just be like everybody else. If you're like everybody else, you'll fit in. And that's what we're supposed to do. Did you know that Ernest Holmes actually said we're not supposed to fit in? I think I might have, hang on just a second, I might have brought that up. Ah, I didn't bring it up here, so it's okay. But he actually said we're not supposed to fit in. You're a unique, individualized manifestation of God. Unique, individualized. Where does that say you're supposed to follow a herd? Right? It would be pretty boring if we all looked alike, we all dressed alike, we all spoke the same language. It would be boring. That is why we're here. So God can experience life through us and as us. And yet still, we let that voice, we let that voice get in our head. Sometimes we wake up, or at least I do, 3 o'clock in the morning, eyes will just pop open and I'll think, oh, stop it. Quit telling yourself that stuff. Just stop. And it's a process to really do something that excites you. How many of you know deep down inside you're not living the life you really believe you should be living for whatever reason, right? Who's stopping you? Who's stopping you? You, okay. Who's stopping you? You? Yeah. I'm not stopping you. I'm here to encourage you. Think about how exciting it would be if we were all living our best life. You know, I heard you say, oh, I love that song. I wish I had a voice, number one, and number two, I wish I could remember the tune. But there is actually a song that CSL kids learn. And it's, I love myself so much that I will love you so much that you will love you so much that you can start loving me. I think that's brilliant. It is brilliant because love starts like everything else. It starts within. You aren't going to get it out here. Although it's nice if you have a partner and you have that kind of relationship that you love and support each other. I do, and I feel very, very blessed. However, I didn't find that partner until I loved myself enough to attract that partner into my life. Right? That's, you have to fill yourself up. You have to decide, I am worth the time. 
I am worth the time to meditate every day. I'm worth the time. If it means I have to get up a half hour earlier than I do today, I'll do it. I'm worth the time. Why? Because when you're going to hear that divine voice, that inspiration, is when you're quiet. And have you ever tried to be quiet when you're, you know, when life is happening all around you? Now, there have been times I've led meditations and say, oh, just make the outside noise part of your meditation. And that's great. And it's true. However, to really sit in silence and just be still and listen. And I will promise you, if you haven't done this ever, or if you haven't done this in a long time, you'll do one of these. Right? Every minute you think you've been there a half hour. It's not easy to be quiet, for me anyway. It's not easy because my mind races. I've got tinnitus, so I hear this constant buzzing in my ears. I got all kinds of excuses why I can't be still and quiet, and yet it's a choice. Just like loving yourself is a choice. It is a choice. And it's a choice I think you need to make every single day. You wake up in the morning. What if you woke up in the morning and said, I love myself so much? Just that. How would that shift your day energetically, right? I love myself so much. And so it's, it's a way to be, not it's a way to be, well, it is a way to be. It is a way, I believe, for us to move through this time that we're going through right now. I don't think it's a mistake that any one of us chose to be on this planet at this time. And we may look at it and think, oh, this is awful and that's awful. And it's life. It is life. And so how do you choose to respond? Are you going to respond by getting all uptight? Are you going to respond in anger? Are you going to respond pointing out why that person over there is wrong? Because you have to be right. Do you know that we could both be right at the same time? Because we choose to believe what we believe. Right? You will run into people if you start talking about this philosophy. You will run into people that are going to say, oh, that's a cult. Yes. <laughs> Here's a secret. Look up the definition of cult. Everything's a cult where three or more of us are gathered. <laughs> Everything. So that would include all the major religions, just saying. Everything. So just say, oh, thanks. You don't have to argue with them. I remember when I posted online, you know, I posted a quote or something online, and a gentleman decided he would comment on it and tell me why I was wrong. 
about my quote because it, it wasn't in alignment with what he believed. And I said, that's really interesting and I appreciate you sharing your, your truth with me and that's not my truth. And then he wrote back again and I wrote back again and I thought, you gotta stop this because we're just gonna be like this all. And I wasn't saying he was wrong, I, was just, I just kept reiterating, thank you for sharing. And then another guy came in to kind of support him. And I didn't think they knew each other, I still don't. And so how I ended the conversation was, Bob, meet Harry. You two obviously have a lot to talk about. Please do it on your Facebook page, right? Right? Don't get into arguments with people. You are not going to change anybody's mind unless they want their mind changed. What you can do is love them. Scares them to death. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody really mad at you and you smile at them and go, uh-huh? And they're like, well, okay. <laughs> I think that you're odd or strange or scary. Why would you smile at me? Well, because I'm not, if I don't believe what you're saying to me is true, I won't have a reaction. So when somebody says something to you and it's hurtful, I want you to remember what they're telling you is, I have found a place in you that needs to be healed. Right? I am finding a place in you that you need to heal. So you could thank them. Wow, thanks for pointing that out. I thought that I'd healed that already. Obviously not. <laughs> right? It was a gift somebody gave me one time when they said, when she said, when somebody comes up to you and says something, just take a breath and ask yourself. I wondered why I handed that person that script. Now think about that. I wonder why I handed that person that script. Because remember what we believe. We are attracting to us all the time. Who we believe we are, what energy we are sending out into the world. And so instead of doing the dance and getting into the argument, just take a stand. Okay, that's interesting. That really bothered me. I wonder why. Now that's a conversation you're having to yourself, not with them, because they're like, oh, I can tell you why. <laughs> but you know, have that conversation. Find out, okay, I really thought so, I, so when Paul and I first met, I had very, very um, abusive relationships with men who um, found it interesting to stray, if you will. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> I wasn't enough, I guess, I don't know. However, what I realized when Paul and I met, he wasn't those people, except there was part of me even though I was clean and sober and I and I'd found my way into science of mind and had go, been going religiously, was taking classes, there was still part of me that was waiting for him to turn out to be like every other guy in my life. But instead of letting that happen, what I would say to him is, okay, this has nothing to do with you, just so you know. 
but when you did this, he happens to like women in high heels. Okay? <laughs> so he would look at them. And I could see him looking at him, and I would be like that red monster would just wah. And I would say to him, so when you do that, this is how I feel. And he, and he laughed, which was great. Why would you feel that way? I adore you. They're just heels. Oh. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if he ever made it up past the ankles. What happened is, <laughs> I can point out heels quicker to him now than he can see them. <laughs> Honey, 12 o'clock, look at those. <laughs> right? It's, a, it's how, so it doesn't bother me anymore. So now, you know, he can have deep, long conversations with a woman, and I'm not hanging out over his shoulder wondering if, you know, they're going to make a coffee date. Right? Because I don't have that energy anymore. That was my energy. That's how you love yourself so much. You find out why it bothers you, and then you figure out how to heal it. Now, how many practitioners do we have in the room right now? You want to heal something? You see these people that raise their hands. Keep your hands up for a minute so they can look around and see who you are, right? After service, there's going to there's be some people up here that will pray with you. They have prayer cards. Here's what I know about practitioners. They love to pray. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. And if you don't give them the opportunity, it's, it's kind of like wasted energy. Right? They come here hoping that you'll come up here after service. And so use that. That's part of the tools that you get by being part of this community. Love yourself enough that when you start to slip slide into despair or I don't like myself or life is hard or whatever those things are, pick up the phone and call a practitioner. Because here's what I know, and practitioners, if I'm wrong, stop me before I get it out. If you call a practitioner and you're in a place where you need prayer right now, nobody's going to say to you, oh, and my rates are. Not one of them. Correct, ladies, gentlemen? Yes, correct. Yeah. Their instinct, my instinct, the first thing we want to do is pray our consciousness to know that you're whole. Our consciousness to know that you're love and form. Our consciousness to know that you are that unique manifestation of God. How could you not be? You know, Reverend Susie used to talk about our teaching symbol, and the circle itself means everything inside of it is God. And I used to think I sat on the outside of that circle, and she said, wow, you really think you're special, don't you? <laughs> I had that kind of minister. She just brought you up by your bootstrap straps. I do not think I'm special. And she goes, well, then you're inside the circle. Because nobody's outside the circle. None of us. We either know we're inside the circle or we're inside the circle waiting to be awakened. And so just remember who you are. Just remember who you are. There's that song, I am remembering who I am. 
Remember who you are. And so I want to, I'm, I'm, we'll do a prayer, but I wanted to close with something that Ernest Holmes read at um, Asilomar, Sermon at the Sea. And I think it was the last time he spoke at Asilomar. I'm not going to read the whole thing or we'd be here a long time. But I thought this was powerful. And so this is Ernest Holmes, and I guess me. You are religious science. I am not. I am only the one who puts something together. I do not even take myself seriously, but I take what I do seriously. You are religious science. Our ministers, our teachers, our practitioners, our lay people. You find me 1,000 people in the world who know what religious science is and use it and live it as it is, and I myself will live to see a new world, a new heaven, a new earth right here. There is a cosmic power wrapped up in a cosmic consciousness and purposeness, purposeness, easy for me to say, that is equal to the vision which looses it. You can be that. Every single one of you has that power and presence to love yourself so much that the world will love you back. Think about what our world would look like. Let's pray. So I just know that that presence, that power, that one that I feel and know within me is love. It is God. It is, it is that magnificence, that infinite source of all good. It knows no opposite. Anything unlike it is a human condition. And I know that I'm one with that. I have that power and presence within me already. It is the truth of who I am, and it is the truth of who I am. It certainly is the truth of who all of you are. Each and every one of you, God in form. And so I declare right here and right now, as we venture out into our lives this week, that we remember, I love myself so much, so very, very much, because I know I am loved from within and around and through me and as me by that divine presence. It's always been there. It is the truth of who I am. And so I call in that power and presence that love. And when I go out into the world, I go out a little lighter, a little brighter. And I smile. And I say hello. And I remember there are people out there that don't know about the gift that they have living within them. 
And my only job is to look into their eyes and to remind them of who they are. And so I embrace this. I know this, I am this. The love that is God is me. The love that is God is you. The love that is God is everywhere. As Ernest Holmes lovingly would say, there is not a spot that God is not. And so knowing that and embracing that, I just say thank you, God. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this community. Thank you for knowing I am love. I release these words into the law knowing that it is as it is spoken, it is so. God has said yes. And it is in that yes that we let go, we let God, and together we say. So Namaste. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Our inspirational service is at 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.